before we read our Psalter lesson this morning, I'm reminded that Charles Spurgeon once said, we should pray when we are in, when we are in a praying mood, for it would be sinful to neglect so fair an opportunity. But then he said, we should pray when we are not in the proper mood, for it would be dangerous to remain in so unhealthy a condition. One lesson we learn from the Psalms is that we should praise God when we are in the praising mood, because it would be sinful to neglect such a wonderful opportunity. But we should also praise God when we are not in the proper mood because it would be dangerous to remain in so unhealthy a condition. And let's be honest, some of us are not in a praising mood this morning. Our nation is mourning the tragic and senseless death of 29 men, women, and children in two mass shootings in Texas and Ohio. But even beyond that, many of you are grieving the trouble in your own life, in your own families, and even the troubles in your own heart. So, I recognize that though this Psalm 145 is a psalm of praise, you may not be in a praising mood. But as I've mentioned, almost 50% of the psalms are psalms of lament, of grieving, complaint, doubting, questioning. And so the Holy Spirit knows that this is a proper response to reality, the reality of the brokenness we all experience in our sensic world and in our sensic hearts. The proper response to that reality is lament and grief, righteous anger, cries of, how long, O Lord, how long? But the same Holy Spirit also placed psalms of praise in the Psalter, psalms of joy, of giving thanks, of celebration, of awe, of singing praises to God. Why? Because, as Psalm 145 will show us this morning, psalms of praise are the proper response to another reality. That even in the midst of the reality of living with a fallen heart in a fallen world, there's another reality that is just as true. And in some ways, some would say, is even more true. And that reality also calls our hearts to respond accordingly. And it's the reality that God is the only one who can redeem and renew your sensic heart and this sensic world. It's the reality that he is the only king who holds the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He is the only one who has the right to execute justice on all wickedness. Either justice executed upon his son for those like us who trust him, or justice on the wicked themselves if they refuse to take refuge in Jesus the Son. It's the reality that God is the truest helper in times like these. 
Behind every human helper that's providing care and counsel for the wounded and their friends and families this morning, there is one who has provided that human helper. The one David says upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The one David says is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. So, let's listen together to David's response to that reality that God is our Redeemer, our King, and our Helper. Hear Psalm 145, a song of praise of David. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day, every day, I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words, and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked He will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we we come this morning uh, because we need you to remind us of this reality that you are the Redeemer, you are the King, 
you're the helper. And we need you to help us see that reality and respond to it appropriately this morning. We need your spirit in order to do that. So we ask you to come and help us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Some of you may remember the hymn that starts, When morning gilds the skies, my heart awakening cries, may Jesus Christ be praised. You remember that one, anybody? Some of us older folks do. When morning gilds the skies, as soon as that sun breaks and makes the sky golden, my heart will awake and cry, may Jesus Christ be praised. Pastor Ray Ortland says that he woke up hearing his father sing that in the shower every morning. And he said it was life-changing for him to hear it. I don't know about you, but I ain't that kind of guy. (laughs) I struggle to daily praise God. And that's what David is talking about. He says, I will extol, lift you up, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Every day. You know what I do every day? Now what? That's what I do every day. Now what? What have you done for me lately? Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. And so David's saying, since we will bless and praise the name of God forever and ever, we might as well start blessing and praising him now every day. Let's get some practice. As someone said, it will take all eternity to realize what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. That's what David's saying. I will praise him forever and ever for all that he has done for us in Jesus Christ. Verse 3, great is the Lord and greatly to to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. That doesn't mean you can't search it. And it doesn't mean you don't have permission to search out the greatness of God. It means that you can't get to the bottom of it. You can't fathom the greatness of God. You can't get to the end of this treasure hunt for the greatness of God. It's unsearchable. It will take all eternity for us to search out and explore and discover what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. But David doesn't wait till after he's dead to begin the search. So take note. The exploration of God's greatness begins now as every day we say with Moses, show me your glory, please God, show me your glory. Most days when I wake up, the first prayer that comes to my head is, Jesus, help me. I can't do this without you, which is a fine prayer. But perhaps I should precede that one with, please, God, show me your glory. 
And then, help me, I can't do this without you. It, it makes me think of the world's longest yard sale. Which now some of you, I mean, some of us have left town because we don't like it. But the world's large, I, I've only been to, through it twice, so maybe I haven't lived here long enough to not like it anymore. But the world's longest yard sale, everyone is on a treasure hunt. Um, and I kind of enjoy that, okay, I didn't bring any with me, but I'm going to let you in on a little weird thing about your pastor. I collect antique Sundrop bottles. Sundrop is a, a soda, a soft drink. It's the nectar of the gods. <laughs> it's liquid gold. Um, I collect Sundrop bottles and paraphernalia um, because I grew up drinking that golden liquid and um, it just reminds me of good times with my dad fishing, drinking a Sundrop and eating Lance crackers. So, what I do when I go to all these little places on the world's longest yard sale is I'm looking for anything that says Sundrop. So the other day I was driving down Taft and right there at that tent that's close to Dollar General, I saw some soda type signs. And I pulled off the road and said, and I was busy, I had stuff going on, but I'm, I'm gonna go look. So I'm walking through the booth, I'm walking through the tent, and bam, I see it. Two old wooden sundrop crates. Something I don't have in my collection. And so, uh, the guy didn't dicker with me much, but they're mine now. Um, but I tell you that because what I'm doing when I'm walking through those places is I'm looking for the golden glory of Sundrop. And I look past all the other junk, which may not be junk to some other people, but I'm looking for that. And when I see it, I get excited about it. And then what I did, as soon as I purchased those and put them in my truck, I took a picture of them and I sent them to my family and said, look what I found. Because they know that that would bring me joy. Because what I do, and what we all do, is we praise what we prize. We laud and lift up what we love. And we do that in front of other people. We want other people to know. And so that's what C.S. Lewis is saying in that quote I put in your bulletin. Uh, this is what he learned about praise as he studied the Psalms. He said, the most obvious fact about praise, whether of God or anything, strangely escaped me. I thought of it in terms of a compliment or approval or giving of honor. I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. And he goes on to talk about how lovers praise their loves and readers praise their favorite poets and so on. And then he says, I had not noticed either that just as men and women spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that was magnificent? The psalmist, he says, in telling everyone to praise God, are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about. 
This is what David is doing in verse 4. One generation shall commend your works to another. That word commend literally means to sing the praises of. So that when we tell the next generation, or we tell the generation that has gone before us about the works of the Lord, we're not just teaching them about the works, we're praising the works to him, to them. We're commending them, we're singing the praises of God's works. So it's more parents and teachers, Sunday school teachers, parents, Bible study leaders, it's more than telling them about God. It's about how we tell them about God. Do we sing the praises of his works? Because we love them. And so, David says to the other generations, those before him and those behind him, isn't God lovely? Isn't his majesty glorious? Don't you think his grace and mercy for sinners like us is magnificent? And so since it's true that we praise what we prize or we exalt what we enjoy or we lift up what we love, here's a question for me and for you this morning. Do we prize the reality of who Jesus is and what he has done so much that we can't help but overflow with praise to him? Do we prize him so much that we can't help but praise him daily? That's the part that gets me every day do we love jesus so much that we lift him up before the generations that have gone before us and the ones that are coming behind us and say look at him look at him look how he has redeemed us look how he rules us with majesty in his kingdom look how he helps us look at how much jesus loves to renew people places and things look at him Here's the reality that the Holy Spirit wants us to see this morning in Psalm 145. God is great and glorious. God is gracious and good. God is great and glorious. He is transcendent. He's above us, and we should tremble at his power. He is great and glorious in his power. But he is also gracious and good. He is imminent. He's with us. He's near us. And we're embraced by his love. He is gracious and good in his love. So there's both in this psalm that God is powerful and God is loving. And we need God's great and glorious power. And we need his gracious and good love because they work together. Listen, without God's power, his love has no ability to help us. And without God's love, his power has no desire to help us. I'm going to say that again. Without God's power, his love for us has no ability to rescue us and renew us. But without God's love, his power has no desire to do it. So we need both, and and this psalm praises both about Jesus It reminded me, as I was studying, of something Tim Keller said about the gospel. He said, the Christian gospel is that I'm so flawed that Jesus had to die for me. 
And yet I'm so loved and valued that Jesus was glad to die for me. So no matter what else is true and real about our fallen world and our falling hearts this morning, this too is true and real. I am so flawed that Jesus had to die for me. Only he has the power to redeem and renew all that is wrong with me and the world. Yet, I'm so loved and valued that Jesus was glad to die for me. Only God so loved the world and me that he wanted to send Jesus to redeem and renew me and the world. So we need both his power and his love. And since this is what we'll be doing forever, this is what we're going to be doing forever, grabbing one another and pointing and saying, look at that. Can you believe it? Look at his power. Look at how he used his might to overcome sin and death and hell to rescue us. And look at his love. He was glad to use his power to rescue us because he's loved us from all eternity. This is amazing, isn't it? This, that's what we're going to be doing, grabbing each other by the shirt and saying, look at him. Oh, the power and the love he has for us. And so this morning... We're going to practice that for the next few minutes. I'm going to read a section about God the Redeemer, and we're going to sing. And the lyrics are in the sermon notes about God the Redeemer. I'm going to read the verses about God the King, and we're going to sing about God the King. And I'm going to read about God the Helper, and we're going to sing. And then we're going to come to the table, and we'll be done. So, in order for you to sing well, though, you have to stand up. So stand, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the psalm, and then we're going to sing. Verses 5 through 9 call us to praise God the Redeemer. As our Redeemer, he has a heart to rescue and renew us and the power to do it. David says, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. God's works are singing aloud his righteousness, and you're about to as well. The Lord, why? Because the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. Verses 10 through 13 call us to praise God the King. As our King, he has a heart to rule us and the world for his glory and for our good. And by rule, I mean he leads us, he guides us, he protects us. He has a heart to rule us for his glory and our good, but he also has the power to do it. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. Let's sing. Verses 14 to 20 call us to praise God the helper. As our helper, he has a heart to renew us and the power to do it. Listen. 
The Lord upholds, he supports all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, Lord, and you give them their food and due season. Uh, Pruitts didn't give you your food. God did. Through them. You open your hand, you satisfy, you fill up and fulfill the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near. That means he comes close to soothe us with his presence. He's near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry. Cry because he hears you and he saves them. He may not save you the way you want him to, but he saves you or when you want him to, but he promises he will. And the Lord preserves, he safeguards, he keeps watch over all who love him. And always remember, as he safeguards you, supports you, soothes you with his presence, satisfies you, he has promised one day the wicked he will destroy. Let's sing how great thou art.